How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all you groovy cats. Friday night. Easy listening on the fan. 101.9 FM. Sports Talk Radio. In New York City, with your nighttime host, Keith McPherson. Another five hour KM to AM. Let's get it! <laughs> Good drop. Good beat, Connor. Anderson Pack. I haven't heard this. Mac Miller, Anderson Pack on the fan. I had to smooth it out one time. Live on the Instagram now. Let's actually get it, folks. 877 337. 6666 taking calls until we go to Raymond Felton around 1025, 1030. One, two, three. Here we go. Stan in Westport, Connecticut on the fan. Hey, Keith. I was so happy your caller and you brought up Warren Moon. You know, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little older, but I kind of transcend the gap. You know, I, I, when I was a kid, I remember Bill Russell being a player coach, but I'm a big Red Sox fan, and what Jim Rice went through racially and all the bigotry 30 years after that, 25 years after that, was, like, disgusting. So I'm old, I'm old enough to remember people throwing stuff through bus windows yeah. in South Boston, but I'm also appreciative of guys like Warren Moon because he really paved the way, and there was, like the caller said, there was no reason for him to be in the CFL. Are you kidding me? He's definitely one of the goat conversation guys, and I'm I'm so I'm just thrilled you brought that up in the context of hopefully how we are continuing to evolve. We're not there yet, but I think also like watch last night's game. That was great. I mean, two awesome quarterbacks going at it, shootout at Dallas, and you know it was amazing. Like the last drive, Smith brought him down was like incredible, and then Dak won it. You know, like what can you say? There should. Be, the best players play whatever they are, they are, and that's it, man. That's what Amen. I'm at. So. Great call, Stan. Thanks for the call. Yeah, bringing up Warren Moon. and you know, I know his history a little bit, and like I said, I did a book report on book uh, a book report on Warren Moon, I think in like the fifth grade, and I knew it was just obvious. And, you know, it doesn't. every time you speak about race, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. It can just be fact. It can just be history. It could just be the past, and it's a fact of the matter. One of the best quarterbacks of that time just didn't get a fair shake. But a lot of people didn't get a fair shake. We've come a long way. Things are evolving. Things are changing. And like Stan just brought up, we're watching a Thursday night football game last night between two black quarterbacks, Geno Smith and Dak Prescott. And it was a great game. They lit it up. And I don't think for one second were people saying, 
this game's not going to be good because those guys are black. <laughs> that's just not a conversation that we have anymore. And that's the thing about sports, right? It doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're uh, Dominican, whatever. Like, sports is a great equalizer because all we care about is the competition. If you can play, you can play. I don't care where you're from. I don't care who you are, where you, how you were, whatever. I care about are you fast? Are you strong? Can you shoot? Can you run? Can you throw? If so, you can play for me. You know, that's something that I loved about the World Baseball Classic this year. I'm like, we're watching America's pastime be passed around the globe. And even though we love football, football has become America's pastime. Like, Americans are obsessed with NFL football way more than baseball. But you see how they move in Japan. Japan won the World Baseball Classic. The Little League World Series, they always have a good Japanese team in the Little League World Series. Right now, we're talking every night about Yamamoto and Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is the best player in our game. Yamamoto has won three MVPs in a row. He's about to enter our game at 25, and there's bidding wars for him. There's speculation. Who knows? Everybody's trying to get him. So, you know, when we talk about race and background in sports, it's something that brings us all together because now, at this point, man, that there there are no walls up because uh, of race or or culture or background or country you're from man can you ball can you play and if not like then you can't like it it does not matter it does not matter but back when warren moon was playing and like i said warren moon is super underrated when we talk about great quarterbacks and you know uh, we got a call asking me who's my favorite quarterback of all time and i think we talk so much about tom brady tom brady and peyton manning and peyton manning and even hyping up aaron Rodgers as the goat man there were some guys that were great but just didn't even get the chance to be as great as they could be. 877-337-6666. Still talking about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett and this game coming up this weekend. Still talking about Falcons versus Jets. The Giants are on a bye. I will get a word in on the Giants because we haven't spoke about them at all. I want to clear up my take. The video of me talking, I think, on Monday night goes out there and people are on my neck about tanking. You can't tank. Players can't tank. I'm like, bro, you think I don't know that? You think I don't know as a football player, former football player, that you can't go out there trying to lose? You can't go out there trying to not give effort? One, that's how you get hurt. Two, that's just not the mentality you have, no matter the name on the front or back of your jersey. You go out there to try and play. It could be your last play. So I know for a fact, right, I joked around and said, Tank Dell, Tank Bigsby, Gervonta, Tank Davis, the Giants are tanking. Because when they lost that game against the Jets and wouldn't let Tommy DeVito throw, I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know what else to call this. I don't know how you handicap your team in that game to not throw the ball downfield. I understand Saquon was running it well. It was raining. The Jets' defense is really good against the pass. It was strategy. But then you come out the next couple weeks and you see Tommy DeVito throw the ball better than Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor did all year. You see the the Giants' offense... Guys like Jalen Hyatt get activated. Uh, Darius Slayton get activated. And it's like, where was this all year? And where was this in that Jets game? So, man, as I'm sitting in here watching Bo Nix, who is now 12 for 19, 117 yards, one touchdown. Bobby Penix or Michael Penix Jr. is uh, 16 and 19. They just flashed the stats. I was looking at the box score before. I'll go back to it. Uh, uh, Michael, why was I calling Bobby Penix? I think Bo Nix, Bobby. Michael Penix Jr. is now... Uh, and they're leading by 10, but here comes Oregon. They're only down by 10. Michael Penix Jr. is 16-22 for 192 yards. 
this, I think, is a battle to see who wins the Heisman. And I think this is a battle for draft stock as well. And Giants fans should be watching this game. Jets fans should be watching this game because your teams could be in the running to draft one of these guys. I think both these guys project as NFL quarterbacks. I think Bo Nix potentially more than Penix. Penix has a little bit of an injury history. I love that Bo Nix has played for five years. He played in the SEC at Auburn. Now he's playing for the Oregon Ducks. And they flashed a stat before. He's the 12th fastest quarterback as far as his release time. He gets rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds. That's great. You need that in the NFL. We're talking about um, we're talking about uh, Zach Wilson not being able to get rid of the ball and taking sacks. We're talking about Tommy DeVito taking nine, ten sacks because paralysis by analysis. These guys can't throw it. They don't know where to throw it. Man, that's the main thing. Pre-snap read, knowing your offense, knowing the defense, having a sense of urgency. Here we go. White set, snapping the ball and knowing where to go with it and just like. Getting it done that way. That helps your offensive line protect you better. That helps your wide receivers get the ball and make a play, uh, make a move, and get going. It's it's how the game is literally played now. Eric is in Farmingdale. What's up, Eric? You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? Man, I got to tell you, I've been listening to the fan since it opened, and you are the man. You're so good at what you do. I love listening to you. You're going to be a star. So I wanted to start with Thank that. Thank you. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to be. Appreciate it. Nah, you don't have to work on it. You just are. And that's why you are. Just keep being you. Two, I don't know how I thought on a Friday night if you talk about Warren Moon, but love the guy. I don't think anyone realizes that he's the guy that was on the other sideline when the Bills and Frank Wright came back and basically ruined his one chance at the Super Bowl. Yeah, actually, I, that, I'm like, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Yup. That was that was the game. He was the one who had them up thirty five points beforehand. Yeah, I, see and, now I'm not I'm not old crazy. enough to to like have this stuff. And like now I gotta go back and like really dig up like Warren Moon stuff that on NFL year. films, YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. So that I mean, Warren Moon was uh, definitely should have never been in the CFL. But you could say that about a bunch of guys then. But uh, you know, he's the most underrated, I think, of all the quarterbacks. From that generation, 84, 83, 85, that no one talks about. He just didn't get that last uh, chance to go further into the playoffs, but it's defense let him down. Run and shoot, baby. Run and, and then, shoot. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> can I throw in the Jet thing? So basically, and then I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you. But I don't think people realize that the Jets are a laughing stock organization. I'm a Jet fan my entire life. And if they go back on their word to Rodgers after they told him everything, you got two years here, you got this, you got that, we're going to do what you say, which is why he wanted out of Green Bay anyway. They never listened to him. The Jets are letting him run the organization for the next two to three years. It's that simple. They're doing whatever he says. If in week four next year, Daniel Hackett isn't doing the right thing and Rodgers says, I want a new OC, that's what's going to happen. If Rodgers wants a new head coach, that's what's going to happen. If he wants a new GM, that's what's going to happen. For the next two to three years, he's the, the guy. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Great call, Eric. Aaron Rodgers is the lipstick on the pig. Aaron Rodgers is how you can mask this. Aaron Rodgers talked about, you know, thinking that they have a winning formula or something like these are the guys. Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers has so much confidence in his confidence in his abilities. Like he knows that he can go out there and make everybody better. He can raise everybody up. That's what good quarterbacks do. They make the offensive line better. They make their weapons better. They make the defense better because they go on long drives. The defense can rest. Like watching Dak last night and watching the Cowboys, right? The defense, their defense was getting carved up. The Dallas Cowboys defense never gives up that many points at home. 
But then once they got to rest a little bit, once Dak and and uh, C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard and those guys got going, it was like, okay, now they get to catch their breath. All right, they're coming out. Deron Bland is picking off the ball. They're coming out. They're getting stops. It it, it works together. It works in concert. It's a team. It's the the greatest team game. You know, one hand washes the other. That's why we're talking about the Jets. And I'm asking Zach Rosenblatt, like, yo, are you starting to feel like in the locker room these guys are over it? Like the Jets' defense is over it. It's weeks of this this year. And now when you go back to last year, it's two years of this. It's eerily similar. The nosedive, the losing streak from last year and this year because the offense is terrible. Let's go to Eric in the Bronx on the fan. What's up, Eric? What's up, Keith? How you doing? Good. Thanks for calling Listen, in. I, yeah, I, I, as a as a high level uh, athlete that you were, I hope you can appreciate where I'm going with this call. So, I understand how bad our offense is. That's stating the obvious, and I get it. It's been for weeks. That's the mantra. But for three years, our defense has not been able to stop the run. I think we're next to last, and that's why we got no shot against the Falcons coming this Sunday. It's not, yes, our offense is going to be terrible. We know that. But we can't get off the field because Sala and Ulbrich won't change their scheme. And they never make any adjustments to what the opponent is doing that week. They put their game plan in, and they go with their game plan no matter what. I, I, I hate to stop blitz. you, but I feel ahead, like they sorry, were please. in the beginning of the year. We were always talking about how they started slow, but then they would make adjustments at halftime. And, and be closers and close out the second half. But I, I feel like that goes away because it's like, yo, it doesn't matter what we do. We can't win because our offense settles for field goals and always has to punt the ball. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but in all seriousness, Keith, when you watch us line up with Quinn and Williams and Tanzel Smart, and I'll get to that in a second if you, if you give me the chance, and they're lined up on literally on the tackles while our edge rushers are outside of that Mosley sitting seven yards off the ball and Bill Belichick and everybody who makes adjustments, Josh Jacobs, they're just running up the middle. Saquon went for 137 on us. Like you said, it, you know, I, I, our defense is overrated. It's not for lack of talent because we have plenty of it. I honestly think our coaching staff is seriously overrated. They don't pay attention to detail on the defensive side of the ball. They just think their scheme is going to – and if I can make my point about Tanzel Smart, I like the guy who was a hard knocks favorite. But he wasn't good enough to make the team. He got cut. He ended up on someone else's practice squad. We get him back because Al Woods goes down. And now Tanzel Smart is all over the field because your scheme calls for it, not because you thought he was one of your top defensive linemen or eight, nine, however many we dress every week. Quinton Williams played the first two plays last week against the Dolphins and then went out for the rest of that first drive. The team yeah, is, is – I hope you understand where I'm going with this I team. do, and I just think it's over. I just think it's the end of the season. Guys are hurt. Guys are tired. Guys are disappointed. It wears on you. That's why I was asking those questions. This is it. This is the last week. If they win this week, then, then the facade can continue. Uh, we can continue to pretend and hope and act like there's a chance. But if they lose this week in the rain to – Desmond Ritter and the Falcons, it's going to be miserable, and guys are going to yep. start packing it yep. up for real. Yep, I, I hear you. In my last point, Tyree kills in the backfield last week. Okay, The first touchdown, and as easy a touchdown as the Dolphins score. You get paid to coach, 
This is what you do all week. The rest of us have regular day jobs we watch on Sunday. How does nobody – I've seen the Dolphins three times on CBS against the Bills when the Bills destroyed them and against other teams. How, does, how do you not understand that when Tyree kills in the background, if he goes to the flat, he's getting the ball? I, so my yeah. point is, Franklin Myers on that side, don't rush the passer. How is the coaching staff not telling him Whitehead can't pick him up out of the backfield? He scores the easiest touchdown of the day. And to me, that's what frustrates me as a fan. You get paid to do this all week. Yeah. And I don't understand how when Tyree Kill stands in the backfield, your your defense is not on high alert to the fact that he's standing back there. That to me I is mean, just they, a lack of they coaching. Watch but film. Thank you. Thanks for the time, Keith. Thanks for the call, Eric. They watch film. They know what's coming. They know when they see certain formations to be alerted to certain plays. But speed kills. Tyreek Hill is one of the best players in football. He's paid like it. He plays like it week after week. Sometimes you can't stop it. Sometimes you know what's coming, and you still can't stop it. Matt on Long Island. What's up, Matt? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Thanks for taking my call on the air. I just want to bring up first. I don't know if I told you Jamal Adams thing last night. I mean, come on, man. You're, you don't go. You don't got to do that. That's keep yourself. I mean, I just see, like, come on, you going after someone's personal life? I don't know nah. if you heard the Zach Rosenblatt interview. That's why I ended the interview lifting up Connor Hughes because that was out of pocket. I don't like that. I got a real problem with people doing stuff like that on the Internet, uh, crossing the line, putting people's families into stuff. Like, like that's why yeah, I, yeah. I hate Twitter. It's just, like, it's a fake place. You don't get it's to, toxic. like, you don't get to do yeah, stuff like that. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I just want to have my first point. Other point, let us don't talk to NFL Football Friday. I feel like I'm on the Steelers. I feel like I don't really get much of the Steelers. I see him play a lot, but I mean, like, it's like they're six and four, I think. Eventually, Kenny Pickett's got to make a play here. I'm not trying to trash him, but like, getting six and a half against the Cardinals. Did you watch the game last week? I know, I know. He played a little better. Yeah, because they fired Matt Canada and they started started going to Pat Fryermuth, who shout out to Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth has literally come to my high school and caught passes from Kenny Pickett on Ocean Township property, like Albert F. Corelli Field. Like, he's he's worked out with Kenny Pickett on my high school field. It's not my high school field because they have turf now. We played on straight-up mud with, like, orange pellets. But, like, those two have a rapport. And I don't know, Fryermuth was hurt for a lot of the season, but I don't know why that wasn't a focus before. Yeah. Matt Canada's play calling. We're talking about Nathaniel yeah. oh, Hackett's play terrible. calling. He's it's just as bad, if not game. worse. I think he's worse. Yeah, that's my first point. My second point, I think it's going to be an upset. I don't know if people are going to see you come waiting all day for Sunday night, but I think we will because I think the Packers, the Chiefs aren't going to see what's come from them, and they're going to upset the Chiefs in Lambeau this weekend. I think I'm, the Packers, I'm, I like how Jordan loves playing. I'm not against like it. I'm not against it. I, like what I saw from the, the Packers on Thanksgiving completely surprised me. I didn't put one bet on them. I had the Lions, the Lions. I thought it was an obvious Lions game. Uh Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, their their best season. They keep it's saying their now. best season since the sixties. And they got they got absolutely punched in the mouth right away by Jordan Love and the Packers. And at this point in the season, that's all you need to believe in a weak NFC that you can make a run. They have the Chiefs coming into their place. They have a diehard fan base yeah. that's super loyal. They're gonna be up for that game. That's an old school rivalry, you know, but Super Chiefs, Bowl one. And then they come they come here to play the Giants on Monday night football. I think the Chiefs are gonna yeah. try and um go in there and, and do what they do with Kelsey and Rasheed Rice yeah. in their running game, but I don't expect they have Pat no Mahomes in them. Yeah, I don't expect yeah, them to blow them out. Anybody. And my final point is who does this like a controversial 
who do you think is top tier of the AFC? I mean, are the Jaguars up there, really? I mean, top are the tier? Ravens? I, I, I want to say the Ravens because in my heart, the Ravens should be undefeated. They had some dumb losses. You talk about Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett, and the Steelers. They went and lost to them in a game where they dropped three touchdown passes, yeah. like dropped passes that should have been scores. I mean, are the Jaguars too young? Do you think they can? I don't, I'm not sure. No, I mean, Doug Peterson is not too young. Doug Peterson has a Super Bowl ring on his finger, and it's his second year with Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what happened to Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne was killing it. I have him in fantasy. He was going off earlier in the year. Maybe he's banged up. He's slowed down. They need him to get right. But their combination of Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, if Zay Jones can be a factor, I also don't know what happened to Evan Ingram. Right? Evan Ingram, he got paid. He had a year last year. He has not been as effective this year. But I I think the Jaguars are up there, but they're not top tier. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that staff conference. I think Chiefs. I mean, you could say the Bills, but they're struggling. With it. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a funny year in the AFC because the Chiefs. I mean, they're listen, they're dominant, but like the receivers, I mean. But yeah, I just think I li- really like how the Jaguars play. It's gonna be fun and get them prime time. They play the Ravens a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know where Trevor Lawrence is gonna go. I really think he's a, he's a great quarterback, but I just wanted to mention that because that's something I've been back and forth with about. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it from here. Good call, Matt. Matt calls a lot. Matt has. Good things to say. I I always lean towards the quarterback-head-coach combo, their experience, and what they've done. In the AFC, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, sure. Anybody calling up to say the Chiefs are going to win the AFC, they're going to, yeah, you're not wrong for saying that. That's an easy pick. That's an easy thought to have. Harbaugh and Lamar, yeah, sure. The Ravens, right there. McDermott and Josh Allen, they leave a lot to be desired I, I think that they're just, you know, they're 6-6. Six and six. They have a chance to make a run this year, but I think it's over for McDermott up there. I think they're Cook. Not Cook. Now, McDaniel and Tua, I think they both have something to prove. Tua's trying to get paid. McDaniel's out there fighting for his his uh, his respect as a head coach. Oh, here's something for you Jets fans. I, I was listening to the clip that Gio had where Gio just had bars. And when I say bars, he just had great lines like, comparing the Dolphins and the Jets back and forth, you know, like Mike White and, uh, you know, them drafting Tua versus the Jets drafting Zach Wilson. Also, the Dolphins this year being on hard knocks, but they're on the in-season hard knocks versus the Jets being on hard knocks and being the preseason hard knocks. And they actually get the hard knocks curse and all the hype and all the eyes and the attention and look how it blew up in season. And the Dolphins... I just started watching the first episode where Mike McDaniel was yelling to his team, like, I don't care about the Hard Knocks cameras. I'm not changing. Honestly, fell asleep on it, but I'm like, this weekend I want to watch Hard Knocks. It's on HBO Max. Hard Knocks in season with the Miami Dolphins. What a year they're having. What a year they're having. it. They they might have on film a year where, you know, we had a caller say, why can't the Dolphins win the Super Bowl? Maybe they can. Maybe they can. I haven't. I don't know their, their one win this year that makes me think that they can beat a Patrick Mahomes or even beat a Josh... Allen and a, and a McDermott, but in the AFC, right, when you're looking at the West, you know it, it's there's only one team coming out of the West. The, uh, as I'm speaking of head coach and quarterback, I don't want to say there's only one team. There's a sneaky team right now. If Peyton and Wilson, who started off 1-5, and five, if they somehow go into, and not even somehow, if they go into Houston and knock off the Texans, then like we have to consider them as a real threat. That's six wins in a row. An object in motion stays in motion. It's hard to stop a streak. If they go knock off D'Amico Ryans, rookie head coach, C.J. Stroud, rookie quarterback, 
both really good, but rookies, if they go knock them off, you got to start thinking about Russell Wilson, who has a Super Bowl ring, and Peyton, who has a Super Bowl ring, is, hey, they might make something happen. Maybe they found something here. And all of that goes and piles back on top of Nathaniel Hackett's head and the Jets, who I really think are the only team that would hire Nathaniel Hackett after the mess he made in Denver. And it's funny, hindsight is twenty twenty. When Sean Payton spoke out against Nathaniel Hackett, we all thought it was out of pocket. He broke code. He was just trying to save face for himself. He was right. He was damn right. And it took him about five, six weeks to undo the mess that Nathaniel Hackett made. All right, if you're on hold, stay on hold. Coming up now, I know it's Football Friday. We've done a lot of baseball talk, and we will. Um, I'll give you just a quick look at the next 90 minutes of my show, a five-hour KM to AM. Surprise guest came out of nowhere for me, Raymond Felton, former Nick. We're going to talk hoops for a little bit because I'm telling you it's December now. You're going to want to talk hoops uh, pretty soon. Raymond Felton is about to join us. We'll bring him in, and then when we come back, I'll take a couple more calls. I'll set up my Casamigos big shot of the night to open up the 11 o'clock hour. And as per usual, once we get to 11, the last hour of my show, it's open mic for any questions, any topics, whatever you want to talk about sports related. Keep McPherson on the fan. Let's take this break right now and we'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Yes, sir. KM to AM continues. Hey, joining us right now is a guy I feel like a lot of the dudes in my generation watched growing up. He's a former Nick, a UNC legend. I got Raymond Felton on the fan. What's up, Ray? Not much, man. How y'all doing? I'm great. Hopefully you're good. Hopefully you're having a, a good Friday heading into the weekend. Let's start off with the most important thing, what we're going to plug tonight. Uh, your alma mater, UNC. They're playing in the Jimmy V Classic presented by Corona. It's coming up Tuesday, December 5th at Madison Square Garden. There's FAU versus Illinois at 6.30 p.m. And then 9 p.m., the local field, the UConn Huskies versus UNC. As of today, all four teams are in the top 25. Uh, the men's classic began in 1995, and it's in its 29th year. To date, ESPN has helped raise nearly $200 million for the Jimmy V Foundation, Limited tickets are still available for this Tuesday's doubleheader. Tell us what we can expect. Uh, you're going to expect a big-time game, man. You know, you got two two powerhouse schools, um, two great programs. You got some amazing, you know, talent on both teams. So I look, I look for, I look for a good game, man. But at the same time, man, you already know who's going to win. I'm sorry, <laughs> he was going to pull it through. I don't know about that. There's some UConn fans <laughs> listening that probably feeling the Huskies, but. Uh, bro, I, I grew up, sorry to say this, I grew up rooting for Duke. I grew up a Duke fan. Cameron Crazies. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I had no guidance. Front runner, the Cameron <laughs> Crazies, Coach K, it, it pulled me in. So I wasn't a big fan of yours, but, man, I appreciate uh, what you did in your time. Let's talk about that, you know, your college time and that rivalry. It's the greatest rivalry in college basketball. I mean, both teams are powerhouses. Uh, what do you think about UNC and Duke this year? Uh, 
Um, I think too, like I said before about UConn, man, two good programs, two good teams. You know, um, don't don't get me wrong, man. I got nothing but love for for all the Duke players that I played against and and those who played before me and after me. Um, nothing but you know love and love and fun, man. You know, I think I think the fans are. I think the fans and the and the students kind of make it a rivalry more than we do in a sense, man. They they kind of take it personal, but as far as us, man, we just just athletes who's competing against each other at a very high level and just love to have fun and just love to have bragging rights, man. But um, I think do we have a very good team. Um, also, you know, I think Carolina does too. Both of them are very young, so you know they got a lot a lot of learning to do, but at the same time, very talented. Let's take it to the NBA. There's definitely some Knicks fans listening that watched you play in the Garden. You played for a few different teams, but you know, go ahead and let the Knicks fans know what it was like to play for the Knicks in this city and uh, in front of that Garden crowd every night. Oh man, the best time of my life, man, being in New York, playing in the atmosphere, playing in front of those fans, playing in, in the Madison Square Garden, man. It was the, some of the best times, not the best times of my NBA career. Um, it was electrifying. It, it was fun. You know, there's no telling who you might see down there, man. You might see Spike Lee. You might see, you know, you know anybody. Ben Stiller he used to be. He used to be at a lot of games. Tracy Morgan, you know, who was a good friend. You know, just 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 playing in that atmosphere, playing in front of those fans. You know, it's, it's one place where you know they will let you know if you're not getting the job done. But also, they 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 got a lot of love for you if you play hard and if you're getting those wins. So, you know, nothing but love for all those Knicks fans and just playing in New York City. You played the point guard position, and they got one right now. They got one of them ones right now, Jalen Brunson. Tell us a little bit about you watching Jalen Brunson, his game. He went off for 42 last night. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think he's the guy. What what a steal for the Knicks. 100%. I, I love Jalen. I knew Jalen, you know, watching him in college, and I knew him when he played here in Dallas, you know, uh, with, with the Mavericks. So got a chance to um, spend some time with him a little bit. So, you know, I, I'm very proud of him. I'm a fan. You know, I love to watch him play. You know, you know, each and every night that, that the Knicks is playing, you know, I'm tuned in, man. You know, he's he's very talented. The way he plays the game, his IQ, you know, and he plays the game the right way. You know, I, I love to see. It. You know, he doesn't do he doesn't do anything flashy, but he does everything amazing. You know, and I love that. You know, it don't take him a million dribbles to get to a move. You know, he gets to his spot where he wants to get to with one or two dribbles, and you know, he just he's just he's just a great player, man. You know, and, and the Knicks is very lucky to have him. Did you happen to catch the story about Mitchell Robinson taking in his high school coach, Butch Stockton? Yeah, I ran across it. I didn't really um, tune into it that much, but I, I saw it. I mean, that's, a, that's such an um, uh, amazing story, man. You know, when you, when you when, when think about basketball, man, you, you grow relationships and you, you build bonds that, that's unbroken. You build bonds with people that, that nobody can ever take away from. And um, that's the type of bond that I have with Coach Williams. That's the type of bond that I have with my coach, Steve Smith, in high school. You know, my AAU coach, you know, it's those bonds that you never can break. And for his, his coach to lose his wife and for him to bring him in as a roommate just so he can, you know, you know have, some, have some free space of mind from losing his, his everything. You know, I'm pretty sure his high school coach was devastated to lose his wife, somebody that he's been with all those years. So, you know, for Mitchell to do that, man, it just shows the character and shows what type of person he is. Yeah, and I think we got to highlight more of that because I know fans are so crazy. You know, you see how the fans treat Julius Randle. You see how the fans, you know it, being a Nick yourself, you know how crazy the fans are. They want to win. And I think sometimes we remove the human element from these guys, especially now with these parlays and fantasy basketball and 
whatnot. But when I saw that story last night, I, I wanted to speak on it today. I didn't catch it until I was off air last night. But for those listening that didn't hear about this, uh, Butch Stockton, Mitchell Robinson's high school coach, lost his wife of 31 years to cancer. And they interviewed him during the game last night. And he said that Mitchell Robinson came to visit her while she was in the hospital. And then at his at her funeral, uh, he said to his coach, why don't you come stay with me in New York? Now, I know uh, anyone that's gone through something, that's lost someone, knows that grieving process, it's tough to go through, especially alone. And, man, I just want to send a shout-out to Mitchell Robinson for just being a solid dude, doing something like that. That's something we probably would have never known. He would probably never speak on it. But I'm glad that we can kind of shed some light on that and, uh, you know, use this time to do that. Okay, so, you know, on a lighter note, the in-season tournament. I just want to know your thoughts on it. As a former player, you didn't get to play in something like this. I've said, you know, you got to evolve or dissolve. The NBA trying to do something new early on in the season, it doesn't hurt. And here we have the Knicks in it. The Knicks are going to get to play in it. So what are your thoughts of what you've seen from the NBA in-season tournament, and how do you think the Knicks will do? Um, I think it's different. You know, I think it's something that, you know, I would have loved to experience just to see how uh, what, what it's like. Um, I can't really say that I like it or, or – or don't like it because I'm not necessarily in it. But just looking at it, I mean, still getting a chance to, you know, watch watch some good basketball, guys being competitive, guys playing towards something. I mean, who doesn't? Who don't want to play where everybody on the team gets get a chance to win five hundred thousand dollars? You know what I'm saying? You know that's you know for for some people that's life that's life that's life changing. So um, you know, just just playing for something in in the middle of the season keeps those guys you know on their toes keeps guys, you know, really just, you know, locked in, you know, even this early in the season. So, you know, for me, I like it. But, you know, like I said, I I don't know if I was in it or not, what the answer I would give. But um, I think the Knicks got a shot to win it just as better than anybody else. You know, those guys come to play. They play defense the way that they um that they can and share the ball offensively and um and make shots. I think they got a very good chance. Once again, this is Raymond Felton. Ray, thanks for joining us tonight on The Fan. Oh, man, no problem. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Uh, Ray was on with me basically talking about the Jimmy V Classic presented by Corona coming up Tuesday at Madison Square Garden. If you're in the hoops, if you're in the college hoops, go get tickets. Limited tickets are available. And his school, UNC, will be playing against UConn at 9 p.m. Before that, you've got FAU versus Illinois. I'll be checking it out. And then, I mean, next week we also have the NBA in-season tournament with the Knicks, I mean, we're about to turn the page, folks. After this football season starts to uh, come to an end this month, December football, it's time to really lock in on the basketball. 877-337-6666. Taking your calls, talking more sports. Join me on the fan, KM to AM, returns right after this. Sometimes you gotta let the beat rock. I mean... I didn't even say a rap tonight. I mean, sometimes I just don't have it. Sometimes I'm not even thinking about flexing like that. Freestyle Friday. Every Friday can't be a freestyle Friday. Can't give everything away for free. Can't get no more free, Randy. Keith McPherson on the fan. We got 10 minutes or so until the break, which really is probably like five minutes or so until the break. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night. I didn't even lay a single eyelash on the Devils game. So I don't think it's going to 
come from? Oh no, I just look at the score. San Jose went to the Rock and beat the Devils six to three. The Casamigos' big shot of the night won't be coming from there. Can you lay an eyelash on? I guess you could lay an eyelash on the game. Your eyelashes fall out. Both of my eyeballs have been glued on this Pac-12 game, and now we're going into the fourth quarter. And spoiler alert: Oregon has the lead, twenty-four twenty. This has been a great football game. 877-337-6666. Shout out to Raymond Felton just for being solid, just for popping up on me. You know, he wanted to promote something. He wanted to come on the fan. We made it happen. And, you know, I you heard me say it. If, if you're around 25, 30, 35, that age, you watch Raymond Felton college, his whole NBA career. And, um... I just thought that was a cool opportunity to bring him on the fan. Like I am working on a list, my like guest list of all the different people that I've brought on the fan the last like two years that I've been on. I've officially crossed into year three. And man, when I first started, I just, I don't know. I had a, I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to figure out. I had a lot to do to even build to the point where people would want to join me on the fan I had some connections, obviously, in the industry and people that I knew in sports and media and television and stuff like that. But, man, as I just think about it more and more, I'm like, you know, we've had some great guests. I've brought some great people in and people have done me a solid. And, and I hope you guys enjoy it, man. I, I really do take the time and think about, like, who to bring in and uh, what to talk about. And I think I had a show on Wednesday where I didn't have any guests at all just because we were coming off the Thanksgiving break. And I was like, I can, I can handle this. They call it the marathon. No, it's a sprint. So let's sprint through it. Another hour, literally just an hour left tonight, Friday night, a football Friday to take your calls. Open mic. Uh, 11 o'clock is usually open mic when I do these five-hour shows because I want people to call in and ask about hockey if we didn't get to talk about hockey or ask about the Knicks if we didn't really get to talk about the Knicks. But Perry's in Fairlawn on the fan. What's up, Perry? What you got? Hey, Keith. First time, long time. Uh, I just have a quick question about the Knicks as I've been putting pieces of the puzzle together for a while. And I got to say, I'm a little ticked off. I can't lie. Okay. Um, I know that James Dolan has involvement with the ownership of the Spear in Vegas. And uh, I've kind of seen, you know, we've seen what's happened in Oakland the past couple of years with the Raiders moving to Vegas and now the Oakland Athletics. I mean, do you think that James Dolan is gearing up for a Knicks relocation to Vegas? Hell no. <laughs> nah. No way. He lose money. <laughs> the Knicks print money. They're the most valuable. Like, they, they're in the middle of Manhattan. Um, maybe another team would move there. But I think he's just got his own, like, no, you're, he's never moving the Knicks. He's never selling the Knicks. The Knicks and the Rangers are right there. In the middle of Manhattan, where everybody can get to. I know Vegas is great. I've never been there. But, uh, no, I don't think he's moving the Knicks to to Vegas, no. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just I just thought it was kind I like of the thought. Thing. I have not heard anyone say that and put two and two together. I, isn't he losing money on the sphere? I, I, I don't know much about that. But, you know, I, I mean, as a, as a Knicks fan, um, you know, we had a past couple of good seasons. I got to say, but you know, obviously James Dolan hasn't been um, a very popular person in the New York sports world in the past decade or so. Yeah, so, but he doesn't I, care, I mean, man. This guy came out and said he doesn't particularly like 
owning the teams. He doesn't give an F. This guy came in here right where I am. I remember him joining Craig and, and Evan last year. He's a different type of cat. He's got so much money. And, like, the fact that the Knicks actually, like, I went to game five of that series against the Heat, and I could not believe my eyes. I'm like, this fast, the Knicks are back. The Knicks are in the playoffs. The Garden is lit. No, they're not They're not moving the Knicks. And he's a little off. He's a little out there. But I don't think he would even attempt to do that. All right, yeah. Uh, that was good to hear from Raymond Felton, too. You know, I, I kind of grew up when, uh, you know, he, he was on the team during Linsanity and all that. I mean, that's when I became a, a fan, really. Um, so, I mean, I think I think the franchise is headed in the right direction as far, you know, made it to the playoffs last year, won a series. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, continue that and um, end this 51-year 50, drought. I think so. Thanks for the call, Perry. I think the Knicks are in a great place. I think you got, like I, I talked to Ray about, like every night that I watch Brunson play for the Knicks, I'm like, how long were Knicks fans longing for this? Like Ray played point guard for y'all. Like how long are you longing for the point guard? Now you got a point that he should finish his career here. And he's a dog. And he chose this. I was talking last night after the Knicks game about how there's a clip. I should get the clip from J.J. Redick talking about how he didn't know he was like that. And how he commends him from taking on the challenge of playing for the Knicks. Taking on that hefty salary where some people were thinking, oh, that's a lot of money, $100 million, And now it looks like a steal for a guy like that. So, hey, it's wide open. I have to figure out who's going to be the Casamigos big shot of the night. Tweet at me, at Keith McPherson, if you've got somebody who performed well in sports. I, I usually like to give it to a New York athlete, a local guy. So I, I should probably check on the Knicks and see what the Knicks did tonight. I'm telling you, I've been locked in on Football Friday, my guests, the calls, and this Pac-12 championship game. I am live on TikTok at Keith McPherson. We've got one hour to go. Casamigos Big Shot coming up at 11. And your calls, open mic, the rest of the night till 12. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.